Wasn't that good singing tonight? Oh, I appreciate the Lord. And uh, nothing like on a Wednesday night, good choir singing. Amen. And uh, I'm glad I'm in an old-fashioned church, aren't you? I'd rather be an old-time Christian as anything I know. And uh, I really thought that uh, I've been having some throat trouble uh, the last couple of weeks, and I really thought I'd get out of preaching tonight. And uh, But I tell you, I got up this morning and was studying and praying, and uh, God just spoke to my heart, and so I want to be obedient to the Lord. If you'll turn with us tonight to the book of Psalms, chapter 23. And uh, you know what's amazing about the Bible? Let me get this, Let me get this cord unraveled here. What's amazing about the Bible is that you can go to a text that you think, well, I've, I've, I've read that text, I've, you know, maybe we've quoted that text, and we've heard preaching on that text, and, uh, you know, I know we can't exhaust the Bible, but sometimes uh, we look at things and think, well, is there anything else in that verse? Is there anything else in that passage uh, that I maybe haven't heard or haven't seen, you know, and uh, not saying that I know anything by all means, but some texts are just more familiar uh, than what others are. And so, uh, but you know, it's amazing the Word of God. It's alive, isn't it? Amen. And God will just bring things to life. And He certainly brought something to life to me this morning. And so I'll preach a few minutes tonight. And then Miss Cape, I'm going to have her sing a song tonight while we take the offering. We like all the young people to sing on Wednesday night anyway. And so we're going to have her sing tonight here in just a little bit. But Psalms chapter 23, I know, is a familiar psalm. And oftentimes it's a funeral psalm. But it's certainly not a dead song, a psalm, amen? And so I want us to stand for just a few moments in reverence to the Word of God. Do pray for us. We're still in revival this week down at Concord, and uh, God has been working and moving in that place, and so pray for that meeting that the will of the Lord would be done. Verse number one, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I ask you, Lord, tonight for the next few moments that you'll give us a spiritual and a physical touch. God, I pray that you would be glorified, that uh, your son would be magnified, and the church would be edified tonight. Hey, Lord, may we see no man save Jesus only. We'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to simply lift out one phrase in Psalms chapter 23, and I remember some, uh, maybe three or four, or could have been five years ago. I preached several sermons here out of Psalms 23, just using each phrase. And I want to lift one phrase out tonight and preach on it, but I think it would be a great injustice to just go directly to this phrase tonight and leave out uh, uh, some things that are worthy of just mentioning. When you think about Psalms 23, uh, just like Luke chapter 15, is known as the pearl of parables and then Isaiah 53 is known as the pearl of prophecy. Uh, Psalms 23 is mentioned here and is a reminder of the as the pearl of the Psalms meaning that though there may be wonderful truths and many great things that uh, can be said about each and every individual Psalm there is not a Psalm that would be more richer uh, in its context than the one that we have read tonight. There is a reason 
reason that Psalms 23 is that familiar psalm that everyone remembers and goes to, it's because of the richness of this text tonight. When you think about Psalms chapter 22 and Psalms chapter 24 and where that Psalm 23 lies between the middle of these two psalms, uh, it just increases the richness of this text tonight. In Psalms chapter 22, as Brother Grant preached last week about the cross and he talked about Calvary and then in Psalms 23 we've got the valley of the shadow of death and then in Psalms chapter 24 we've got the gates of glory. Amen. Uh, These represent not only Christ uh, but they represent the full cycle of life. Amen. Uh, In reference to life itself uh, in Psalms 22 you have the cross. uh, In Psalms 23 you have the crook uh, and then in Psalms 24 you have the crown. Amen. In Psalms 23 it's all about the grace of God. In Psalms 23 it's about my friend the guidance of God as the shepherd leads us but then Psalms 24 would be about the glory of God. Amen. In Psalms 23 or Psalms 22 rather the psalmist highlights his provision as God is our great provider. Amen. There's never been a greater provision than Calvary itself. Wouldn't you say amen to that tonight? But then Psalms 23 would be about his protection. As the shepherd leads the sheep, he feeds the sheep and he takes care of the sheep. Amen. But then Psalms 24 would be about his prospect. As what God intends for every one of us one day is not to live in the valley of the shadow of death and not to suffer under the agonies of the cross, but one day we're headed to glory. Amen. And friend, that's what these Psalms represent. When you think about Jesus in these Psalms, in Psalms chapter 22, we see Jesus as our substitute. Amen. In Psalms 23, we see him as our shepherd. But then in Psalms chapter 24, we see Jesus as a sovereign God on a sovereign throne tonight. And that makes these Psalms wonderful Psalms, doesn't it? in the way that the Spirit of God uh, tied them together. In Psalms 22, Jesus is seen as yesterday. In Psalms 23, he is seen as today. And then in Psalms 24, he is seen in eternity as forever. Amen. In Psalms 23 or 22, uh, he is, my friend, the good shepherd uh, as he gave his life for the sheep uh, and he died. Amen. Uh, But then in Psalms 23, he is the great shepherd as he rose again and he leads us through this walk of life. But when we come to Psalms 24, he's the chief shepherd, isn't he? Because he's sovereign and he's on the throne. Amen. And I love the Bible and I love the way that God lays these things out. In the old economy, you know, in the Old Testament, the sheep gave their life for the shepherd. But in the New Testament, you know that the shepherd gave his life for the sheep. Amen. And so David says he is the good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. But David says in our opening opening text tonight that the Lord is my shepherd tonight. And I'm thankful that he is a powerful shepherd. Amen. 
There's a lot of shepherds in the Old Testament, but notice that first phrase opens with the Lord, capital L-O-R-N-D, amen, meaning that he is a powerful shepherd. And then he said, the Lord is my shepherd, meaning that he is a present shepherd. It doesn't mean he was. It doesn't mean he's gonna be. But the shepherd he was yesterday, guess what? He still is today, amen. And then he said he's a personal shepherd. As he said, the Lord is my shepherd tonight. Isn't it good to know the Lord? And I think about in these verses, verse number one talks about his provision. As he said, I shall not want. And then verse number two talks about tonight, his, or verse one rather, talks about his person as the Lord. Verse two talks about his provision. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and still waters. That is the provision of the Lord. In verse number three, there's his path as he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Righteousness. In verse number four, there's the peril as he talks about the valley of the shadow of death. But then in verse number five, he talks about the preparation as he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But then there is the place, as David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You see, David starts out in verse number one in a pasture. But by the time you get to verse number six, he's in a palace, amen. He's dwelling in the house of the Lord. And can I tell you, that's where we're all headed, amen. God found us, as you said, out there in that wilderness land. But thank God, he guides us and he leads us. You say, where's the shepherd taking us to? He's taking us through the valley, but we're headed to the house, amen. We're headed home, friend, to dwell in the house of the Lord, amen. Now, just like sheep, we wonder. But one of these days, we're going to settle down and thank God we're going to abide. Won't that be wonderful? And in this psalm, and I'm not preaching this text or this thought tonight, but I do want to just mention it in passing. In this psalm here, he talks about the Lord's provision as he says, I shall not want. And he talks about in verse two, not wanting for rest, as he said that he maketh me to lie down, amen, in green pastures. He talks about not wanting for refreshment, as he said, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He talks about not wanting for restoration, as he says, it restores my soul. You see, he don't just restore the outside, but he starts with the inside, amen? And then I shall not want for guidance as he leadeth me but in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He said, I shall not want for peace in verse number four, because yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, notice what he said here, I will fear no evil, amen? I shall not want for comfort because he said for thou art with me in thy rod in thy staff they comfort me I shall not want for substance as he said thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies I shall not want for joy because he said thou anointest my head with all in fact I shall not want for anything because he said my cup runneth over amen I shall not want for 
happiness, for surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall not want for glory because he said I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever and forever. Praise God. I'm telling you one of these days we're going to lay this old body down and thank God we're going to pick up a new tabernacle. Amen. The Bible said whose builder and maker is God. Thank God what a day that's going to be when my Jesus I shall see. Amen. There's so many good things in this psalm tonight. This psalm holds three of the greatest secrets in all of manhood, in all of, uh, I don't think that would be the proper word, but let me just put it like this. Uh, I think it, that Psalms 23, I was looking at this today, it holds three of the greatest secrets to life itself. You say, what do you mean? I want to say in verse number one, I see here the secret of a peaceful life. As he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Can I tell you something about wanting? Sometimes there's a danger in wanting too much. And then sometimes there's a danger in not having enough things in life and wanting for those things that are of necessity. But the secret to a peaceful life is not the things of life. For the Bible said that life does not consist in the abundance of things. The more things you have, the more things you'll worry about. Amen. You say, preacher, what's the secret to a peaceful life? It's the first two words of this psalm, and it's the Lord. Amen. Amen. You see, the reason the psalmist said that he would not want was not because of what he had and didn't have, because he had the greatest possession that anybody could ever have. That's not money. That's not pleasure. That's not things. But it is the Lord. Amen. And friend, if you've got the Lord, you've got everything you want and you've got everything you need, not just for this life, but for the life to come. And can I tell you the secret to a peaceful life is the Lord. Hallelujah. There's not only the secret to a peaceful life, but there is the secret of a triumphant death. Amen. As he said in verse number four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Can I tell you something tonight? I like that old song that says, are you afraid to die? Amen. And the answer to that question tonight is this, I am not afraid to die, hallelujah. Now, I don't want to die, but if it comes my lot to die, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of eternity. I'm not afraid, my friend, to draw my last breath because the secret to a triumphant death, my friend, is the same secret to a peaceful life. Amen. It's the Lord. Amen. The reason David could say in this psalm that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil is because thou art with me. Amen. David was surrounded by a lot of people throughout his life. 
but none of them could ever bring comfort to his soul like the Lord could. And can I tell you something tonight? The secret to a triumphant death is to know that your life is in the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a secret to a peaceful life. There's a secret to a triumphant death. And I like this. How see in verse number six, there's the secret of a glad eternity. As he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I'm telling you, David, while he lived here on earth, he experienced the secret of a peaceful life. He experienced the secret of a triumphant death. And now he is experiencing the secret to a glad eternity. I like that old song that talks about glad reunion day. Won't it be a happy day? You know what's going to make heaven so sweet? The Lord. Amen. And thank God Jesus will outshine everything in eternity. Amen. Eternity is going to be wonderful because of him tonight. But in the midst of all of this, several things we could mention. But I want you to notice this one little phrase here. In verse number five, where he said, Thou preparest a table before me, now notice this, in the presence of mine enemies. And I got to thinking about David when he wrote this psalm here. David started talking about his enemies. And certainly David had enemies in life. Everybody has enemies in life. But as David is talking about this, several uh, commentaries will tell you that uh, uh, oftentimes they will say that if this psalm starts out in a pasture and when you get down to this verse uh, it turns from that pasture because he talks about the table and he talks about his enemies and we know the life of David started on the back side of those pasture prairies uh, and then it went to a palace uh, and a lot of commentaries will tell you uh, uh, that uh, it goes from the pasture in verse number five uh, to the palace but hang on just a second I was reading something today I was reading an old book I, I had stuck back in my, in my office there. I, I don't know if I've ever even read this book. But I picked it up, and it was on Psalms 23, just a little book, written several, several years ago, a little paperback. And as I was reading, what really got my interest was the guy, and it wasn't Philip Keller's book, but, but the guy that wrote this book uh, what used to be a shepherd. And many of you may have read the book, uh, by Philip Keller on a shepherd's look at Psalms 23. But this guy wrote several years ago, and I thought, well, maybe he's going to say some things that maybe Keller didn't say in his book about Psalms 23. And I was reading through that little book, and when I come down to this verse, he made that statement that others have said. He said, oftentimes people will think that Psalms 23 changes from the pasture to the palace, but he said, if you have ever been a shepherd, and he said, if you are a shepherd, then you know well what David is talking about in verse number five. And when he made that statement, and I said, I'm going to read the rest of this chapter because I want to know what he's talking about. I didn't know. I've never been a shepherd. He said, but in the, the field, he said, shepherds know that there is several enemies in the field for the sheep. 
And he said as the shepherd takes the sheep out into that field, he don't just march them out into the field, but he said he goes before them and he walks before them and said he's constantly in the forefront and that's where Jesus ought to be in all of our life is he should constantly be leading us, not us doing the leading, but him doing the leading. He should always be in the forefront. And this shepherd said as I would take the flock out into the field, he said I was fully aware of the dangers that were lying ahead. Well, I'm thankful the shepherd is always aware of the dangers. And he said one of the dangers uh, was the thorns and the thistles itself. He said as I would leave the sheep out in the field, he said I knew that whenever I would get near those thorn bushes and those thistles, he said the grass was always greener around those bushes because uh, he said that they would shade that certain area and said it would cause the grass to look greener and the smell would be greater. And he began to talk about how that those sheep as he would lead them out, uh, He said they always wanted to get around them thorns. They always wanted to get there because that's where the grass was always greener. But he said them thorns was a snare to those sheep because they would start working their way through those thorn areas and through those bushes and said before you knew it, if you didn't watch, they would wander away from the fold. Do you know that's exactly the way it is? Oftentimes the thorns, you know what thorns are a picture of? Sin. The grass looks so much greener, young people, around the thorns of sin. And as you go through this life, you will see things that will entice you that may look more attractive. They may smell greater. They may look like they're more luscious uh, than the way that the shepherd is leading you. Uh, But remember in that green grass, uh, while it may look greener on the other side, uh, he said those sheep would get entangled with those thorns. uh, uh, They would get lost. They would lose their way amongst those bushes. Uh, He said there was great danger. There was enemies among the thorns do you know tonight sin is not your friend sin is your enemy and the devil will let the grass grow greener in certain areas to entice you in to the thorns of life he said another enemy was not only the thorns But he said another enemy tonight uh, was also uh, uh, not just the thorns, uh, but he said, uh, he said oftentimes it was the very sun itself. He said that the sun would beat down and the sun uh, would oftentimes cause the sheep to die. They would die of a heat stroke. Uh, He said camels often would die that same way. Uh, They would be out in that heat for so long. uh, If you didn't get them to those still waters uh, uh, soon enough, uh, uh, the sun would get them and they would die of a heat stroke. He said it wasn't anything to be leading that flock out across that prairie and one of those animals just fall over because they had taken all the heat that they could take and it would beat down upon their head and their their heart would begin to beat faster and it would cause them to have a stroke. This is interesting. He said but there was a remedy for a sunstroke and you know what it was? 
He said you would anoint that head with oil and said when you put that oil over the top of that head, said it literally cooled the top of their head as the sun would beat down. They could make it through the hard times. They could make it through the dry times if they had the oil applied to themselves. I want to tell you, is that not what a shepherd is supposed to do? He's not just supposed to preach the word, but he needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And every saint needs to be filled. We need the oil of the Holy Ghost upon our heads. Amen. Do you know why some people sitting in this church, you look at them and say, man, they're so strong. But they're really not. They're weak just like everybody else. But I see them come to church and they sing and they shout and they're so faithful and they're so consistent and I struggle and it looks like they don't struggle. They struggle. Life don't get easier the older you get. It gets harder. You say, well, what's the difference? Why are they so consistent? And I'm not. It's the oil. Amen. You got to be filled with the oil. You got to get the oil on you. Amen. I hope y'all getting this. I'm telling you, if you don't get the oil, you'll burn up. You'll dry up. If you don't get the oil, you'll die of a heat stroke. You'll faint, friend. Jesus said, men are always to pray and not to faint. If you don't want to faint, you got to get in that secret place. Get a hold of the horns of the altar. Get the oil of the Holy Ghost on your life. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're ever going to live for God, it can't be on works. Listen, it's not what I can do. it's allowing him to do something through me. I can't do anything. But if I'll just be a channel, if I'll just let the oil flow over me and flow through me, he can do far more through you than what you can ever do yourself. Sunstroke. He said not only that, but the valley itself was an enemy. He said, because the verse says, yea, though I walk through the valley, notice this, of the shadow of death. He said that shadow meant that the shepherd had taken the sheep down into some very deep, dark ravines, some deep canyons. He said, if you could imagine David walking them sheep through some very narrow passageways, uh, through some very rocky uh, uh, drifts and through some very rocky channels uh, uh, deep within those mountains, uh, below those caves and below those canyons. Uh, he is taking them into those narrow, dark places uh, that where the sun does not shine down. Uh, he is doing that for their good. Uh, he is getting them out of the sun. Uh, he is getting them there where the cool waters will flow. Uh, he said you can never get to the cool waters unless you walk through the canyons. Amen. And can I tell you something tonight? Everybody appreciates a cool drink of water. But my friends, sometimes you gotta get in some low places. Sometimes you gotta get in some dark places. Sometimes you gotta go through some canyons. Sometimes you gotta walk through some narrow spots. But that's the way the shepherd leads us in this walk of life. He said the valley itself can become your enemy if you don't stay close to the shepherd. Can I tell you something tonight? The only way any of us are ever going to make it for God is to have a close relationship with the Lord. Thank God for a good church, but it ain't enough to keep you in the right way. 
Thank God for the man of God in the Bible. But just leather lung preaching in itself on Sunday, I've watched more people drown in a good church. I've watched more people backslide sitting under as good a preaching as you could ever hear uh, listening to the man of God preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We've all seen it. There's people even sat here that, listen, they were here three times a week, uh, even sat near the front uh, and heard the preaching all the while. Uh, they're drowning uh, in this valley. has become an enemy. You know why? Because they have drifted from the shepherd. You see, I'm not the shepherd tonight. I, there's a little statement that bothers me and I make the same mistake sometimes but I often correct myself as much as I can remember. Is I try not to say my church, my people. Sometimes just out of habit we might make that statement but all oh, most of the time if I say that the Holy Spirit will say change that. It's not my church. It's not my people. I understand it's my church is in a place to attend and serve, but you don't belong to me. We're his church, aren't we? I say, well, if you're not the shepherd, who are you? I'm the under shepherd, thank God. Amen. There's one doing the leading and the guiding. Amen. I want to say I'm so glad tonight that it's not me doing the leading. I'm listening for the shepherd's voice. I know that God will speak to the man of God and give him leadership, but this is his church. My friend, he does what he wants to do, but the valley itself, if you and I are not careful, this world that we're walking through will become our enemy. Amen. Now, not only the valley, but then he talked about this. He talked about the snakes. And I like this. I read this, and this probably blessed me more than anything. Brother Danny, he said, when I'd walk out in that field, he said, I would take that staff. He said, before I'd ever let the first sheep come out into that pasture, he said, I walked all over it. And he said, what I was looking for, he said, is that over in that Palestine area and those prairie lands where the grass is, he said, there's little holes all throughout those fields. And he said, in those holes, he said, there's little bitty snakes, little snakes. And said, they'll dig them holes and said, they'll get down in there and said, what they're waiting for is they're waiting for the sheep. And said, them sheep will get out in there and they'll start grazing and they'll start feeding in that field. And said, as they're, as they're eating that grass, said, uh, said one of them snakes will, will wait till that sheep gets close enough to that hole and said, it'll come out of that hole and it'll bite him on the nose. And said, it'll kill the sheep. So he said, what the shepherd would do is he said, I would walk out through that field and he said, I would take my staff and move the grass back. And he said, I'm looking for those holes. He said, when I would find one of those holes, he said, I would take that oil. And he said, I'd pour that oil around the, that, the diameter of that, of that hole. He said, I would pour it uh, real heavily so far out. He said, for two reasons. He said, number one, he said, them snakes, when they would come out of that hole, he said, their bodies uh, uh, did not like that oil. Uh, they didn't want anything to do with the oil. They couldn't stand to get that oil on them. So it would become a barrier uh, to guard the sheep. Amen. And said, uh, isn't that like the devil? 
amen. Hey, that oil's a type of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and guess what? The, ser- the serpent, uh, he don't like the spirit, amen. Uh, he don't want anything to do with that oil. Uh, and the great shepherd, thank God, knowing what he does, uh, he knows where the devil's at. Uh, he knows where the snakes are in the field. Uh, the field being this world, Jesus said, uh, he pours the oil around that hole. Uh, you know why? Uh, because it's a barrier. The spirit of God is a barrier between the sheep and the serpent tonight. Amen. He said another reason was not only to guard those sheep, but it was to guide them. He said because the sheep really didn't like the smell of the oil. And he said they would go eating, and he said the serpent couldn't get to the sheep. And he said, he said that oil kept the serpent from getting to the sheep, but it also kept the sheep from getting to the serpent because as it was eating through that grass, uh, as it would get closer to that barrier, it would smell that oil. Uh, and he said when it would smell that oil, uh, that sheep would turn and go in another direction uh, because it didn't want to smell that oil. And so he said it kept the serpent from the sheep, uh, but it kept the sheep from the serpent. It was guarding the sheep and it was guiding the sheep. Hey, can I stop and say this tonight? I'm glad the Holy Ghost will keep us from sin. He'll keep us from the devil, but he'll he'll guide us in the right direction. He'll take us down the right path. I'm glad he anoints my head with oil tonight. And he said there was nothing more satisfying to a shepherd than when you had taken the sheep out into the open field and you had fed them and protected them and led them on life's journey. I want to tell you something tonight. I'm so glad that I serve a God tonight that cares enough about me and you that he wants to guard us. He wants to guide us. He cares enough to take us into those places and feed us and help us and strengthen us. He's with, he don't just throw you out in the field and say, take care of yourself the best way you can. Hey, can I tell you something? God didn't save you and just put you on this journey and say, I'll see you on the other side. You get there the best way you can. No, I'm gonna tell you what he does tonight. He takes you by the hand the moment you and I get saved and God so patiently walks every step of this journey. He walks every mile of the way. He walks every valley. He walks every hilltop. He walks through every crooked place. He walks through every desert. He goes through every storm with us. You know why? Because he loves the sheep. He cares for the sheep. I'm glad the Lord is my shepherd tonight. And I shall not want because he's a God that cares tonight. As we stand, the secret to a peaceful life, a triumphant death, The secret to a happy eternity is the Lord tonight. How close are you to Him? I wonder tonight as we prepare this song, you know what? The only proposition I really have in my heart tonight is this. Is maybe you need to come. Now you be sensitive. If God speaks to you, I want you to come. If He doesn't speak to you, you don't have to come tonight. But tonight if you're here and you say, Lord, I want to be closer I need to be closer. I want to be more yielded and you spoke to me tonight. You just obey God's voice. We're going to sing a verse of this hymn tonight. You do what the Holy Spirit would have you to do. You don't have to come because I'm giving invitation, but I want you to come. If he nudges you tonight, you need to come. You don't don't need to wait. You need to 
Say, Lord, I, I want to be closer. I want to appreciate my shepherd. David had a close walk. He was a man after God's own heart. That's what I want to be tonight. David didn't want the blessings of God and David didn't want the, all the benefits. What David wanted, he wanted the heart of God. And tonight, that's what we need. What page are we going to sing?